Warning, this podcast doesn't give a fuck if you don't like us using offensive language. Hi, welcome to another episode of Stay A While and Listen. Uh, last week we went long and split it up into two episodes, so I'm going to join Matt and Candace in a recording that's already in progress. See you on the other side. And even in archetypes in things that aren't even video games, Magic the Gathering, this control concept is Ooh. huge in that. Yes, you have Absolutely. a control deck, and it's always you activated my trap card. <laughs> yeah, or you get, but like or blue black. Yeah, blue black like, can do some. I have a blue white deck that is like counter target spell. You can't play any more spells. Or the worst one, the worst one, and Austin wants to do this because Austin. Austin wants to have a deck that's a jerk. Uh, there's a thing. There's a spell that's does. called Rule of Law. I'm actively trying to avoid being a jerk. Yeah, there's a spell that's called Rule of Law that says players can only play one spell per turn. There's a creature, I can't remember the name of it, but when you flip it, it says all your opponent's first spells each turn is countered automatically. How do you remove it? That was before the, before the days of synchros in... Uh are not synchros, exceeds in Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, yeah, when you have the... The, the gravity w- bind, bind and you have the, the chain damage. And you have yeah. a area B. And, and then uh, you give him the stupid golem. Harpy's Feather Duster. No, Harpy's Feather Duster is great, but this was level limit area B. Yeah. Monsters over four can't attack. Uh, Gravi- or, gravity bind. Monsters over level, level four are stuck in defense position. Yeah. These things were very much a fuck you, you gotta do what I tell you. Oh, remember yeah. in, in Yu-Gi-Oh, they had that Exceeds one... got rid of it because they weren't level, they were ranked. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that stupid uh, Golem deck? Oh, hell yeah. Once you gave the Golem to him, it did so much damage per turn. A thousand, a yeah. thousand per round. And so you'd, you could... you'd tap it down and level it, uh, the level area and everything and tap the stupid thing down so they could never swing at you with it. Mm-hmm. You'd just start handing them bullshit. But cool. Um, you sit over there with that. I'm just going to use this Pot of greed, and then you find me more stuff to hand you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my favorite. Dirty I had those play decks. Out Chain of... damage. Bullshit cards. <laughs> uh, there was a card that uh, when you're op- fucking change heart. There was a monster mm. on the field when it, when it, your opponent gained life points, they instead took that much damage. Yeah. Okay. And then you could actually do the spells for. Then there was damage. a gift card. It's a trap called gift card. Heal your opponent a thousand life. Yep. I'm going to buff myself, and I'm going to hurt you, and you can't do shit. And it was an annoying fucking game. Oh, yeah. This, this is... There was the same thing as... So, uh, I think what the type, the personality type that the controllers grow out of... Nerd. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People I don't that mean, don't like meatheads. People I don't that always mean, go, I'm going to kill you with something stupid because... That's what I mean. Is I'm not even just like the stereotypical, hey, we're all playing Pathfinder, we're all playing Diablo, we're all fucking nerds. No, these are the nerd. Yeah, they are, because they're the ones going, going through... Going to find all, the loophole. They're going on the internet, they're doing all their research, they're going through all their cards, they're going to the shops, and they are finding the cards to make the deck that is just the combo deck. The, I'm Wombo playing combo. I'm playing this, I'm playing this, and now you're going to take 
10 damage for everything that you did. I'm going to tap these cards 200 times, and now I'm going to hit you. This will be behind the curtain, I guess, but do you remember the game that we were playing where I had that stupid goat commander? Yes. Where all I did was negate everything you could do and eventually draw everyone out of their cards. Yes. You know who who's I, I I built the deck. That was my build. Do you know who wants wanted that deck built? Austin. Yeah, my husband came up to me and he's like, "I want to get into magic, but I don't know what. I want all the controller stuff and everything." He's like, "What do you want to do with this deck? I want to stop everything from happening, and I want to win, and I want it to be the dumbest thing ever." And I was like, "Okay, here goes." So I don't know if you know what this oh, commander does, Zedru. Zedru. Oh. His only ability is when he comes on the board, you pay one and three of different color mana, three American, so blue, uh, blue, white, red. Red, and white, you blue. Take any permanent you control and hand it to another person. So, like, there's an enchantment that's called aggressive mining. And it says, you can't play land. Just hand that to someone. Another one that I use on her, she has this huge army out there, and it's called diplomatic immunity. And it says, the creatures you control cannot receive. Or deal combat damage. And so and, you just hand that to her and you're and like, I'm all just, right. I'm just playing Jund Dragons. <laughs> they're the biggest, angriest dragons on the field, but then you just hand that to her and go, okay. So now I'm sitting there just drawing dragons. cards, yeah. looking for a wit for an enchant, a something, a sorcery, an instant, <laughs> anything for destroy permanent on field. It's like, I don't care if it says destroy yeah. three permanents. I'll destroy three of my own. Yeah, just by to the get end of it, that thing. the way that game ended is there's a thing he called Jokiel Bell that says tap <laughs> it. Everyone draws a card. There's a card called Mind Over Matter that says discard a card, untap any permanent. And there's a card in the deck that says, yeah, there's a card in the deck that says, when this card goes to your graveyard from anywhere, take all your cards in your graveyard and shuffle them back into your library. Mm -hmm. So it's just just tapping the stupid bell until everyone's dead. We uh, we used to play dead. I had life points. I didn't have a deck left. And when you don't have a deck Deck left, left, you're you're dead. dead. We used to play before EDH existed. So we used to go dumb. up to... And it was such... It was what? Like, not pay? It was past instant casting. It yeah, because she, <sighs> she had a card that says, I cast this to kill the Joker bone. Cool. In response, I'm going to discard a card and tap it. Discard a card. You can do it with the same speed, so you just stack. stack it. And I'm sitting there with this card, one card in my hand, like, but I was going to... Wait, we gotta resolve all these things before that happens. Before before EDH was a thing. Yeah. Before EDH was a thing, we used to play during our hour break at Walmart. Six people free for all. Just sixty cards. It was base. It was base rules, and in the base rules, didn't matter how big your deck was. Yeah. So there is a card that is: if you have two hundred or more cards in your deck, you you automatically win. Battle of will. But there was there was a. So I think the minimum cards that you had to have was forty cards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Always is, always will be. I ran a sixty card elf deck. Thirty. Forty. Forty for draft. I was going to say, if you're playing League, you can do 30. Okay, well, League is a little bit different, yeah. But we were playing traditional, just six people free-for-all. 
Yeah. <laughs> I would take in a 60-card elf deck. Mm-hmm. And two of those cards were very important. I had something that would take out enchantments. I would have Taunting Elf Venom. I would have Heedless One. Heedless One. But the most important card that I had two of in my deck were two Elvish Soul Tillers. Mm -hmm. When he hit the graveyard from the field, so I had to summon him first, Mm -hmm. shuffle every other elf back into your library. Because he's that kept you from killing my elves. Yeah. You know what's crazy? So I have, and this will be the last thing about magic and stupid janky combos. <laughs> I have a deck that's called Marin, and it's green-black, and it just works out of the graveyard. So I got a card in it recently that I put in there, and I took it last Sunday, and I won on someone else's turn. Nice. So they swing at me, and I whip into a thing called Protein Hulk. Okay. Protein Hulk, when it dies, says... Go into your library, find you can put into play any creatures, any number of creatures that are CMC six or less. <laughs> so you flip oh. over the deck and you put this entire stupid combo out with, you know, sack outlets and everything. And at the end of it, before damage, before his damage had been dealt at the end of it, I had done 48 life drain from everyone. I didn't have hardly a deck left except for land, but it was like, oh, this is the dumbest card in the world. He just says, find all your combo pieces and win. So, from the controller, <laughs> we've moved into the non-combat roles already. Knowledge. <laughs> as a wizard, as a rogue, as a fighter who bothers to put a skill into it, mm-hmm. burn a trait to make it a class skill, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Knowledge. Knowledge is what powered the arrow of paladin slang. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is a role. The guy yeah. who knows things. And it's not just in character and out of character. It's the guy who can roll the knowledge check to, hey, what's the what's this monster weak to? Like when we spent 20 minutes figuring out what we could do with dust of dryness that we'll put into a marble size 15 cubed feet of water add that to a bead of force, what can you do at this? <laughs> well, and like in VTM, like, I, I don't know as much about D&D, so I'm not going to be No, you're fine. Go ahead. In VTM, you can have the best, most angry characters, but they all get into a car and no one has drive. Yeah. Now, this is, this is, this is a little different. We're, 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 you're you're okay. skipping ahead a little bit. Right now, we're talking about knowledges. The out-of-combat... Out the guy who knows things is important. Oh, so your lore checks, your, oh, your yeah. like your medicine, checks. your religion checks. Okay, one of the things that history. always gets me is languages. Not a lot of GMs really deal with this, but oh, if you go no. to another country oh. and you have the DM that's really pishnickety about it, not everybody speaks common, you get in there, that one dude that's a fucking walking dictionary of different languages that you thought would be worthless... He's the only guy that can buy you shit in the whole town. He's the only guy that can get you an N, you know? Has just become God. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. As a guy who honestly likes languages in the real world, all of my characters are polyglots of some level or other because, oh, I love languages and I can do fun stuff with them, so... And also you can curse at your own party members and their characters won't know any better. And it's great. Hey, y'all, Pindejos. Sorry, mm-hmm. this is an off-topic. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to give that one on the air. But uh. yeah, but no. But knowledge checks like Arcanum. 
Yeah. Knowing Arcanum, yeah. for a lot of people, they don't care. But that opens up a whole world of you find yourself in ruins. Knowledge nature. Knowledge nature. Can you eat this? Yeah. What's the what's Knowledge the weak, what, how do you shut off a troll's regeneration? Yes. Yeah. Knowledge nature check. Yeah. <laughs> Knowledge medicine. Oh god, he just ate a thing and now he's about to vomit. How do I fix it? Like one of those in VTM that almost nobody uses that I have a character that's maxed out in it who can speak to ghosts and does the whole weird stuff and everything is knowledge occult. Mm-hmm. Because a vampire comes walking oh. into the room and they're like, we're going to fight him. Hang on. What does I he do? Take a couple looks at him and knowledge uh, occult you- checks and now all of a sudden I know how to fight this thing. Yeah. That's a Giovanni. Don't get that say. close to him. <laughs> you, you this is Batman. Playing, yeah. You are playing Call of Cthulhu and occult roles are one of the most important you can make in that game. Yeah, but this is the Batman. This is the Batman. This is what makes Batman yeah. such a superhero. It's not the Batarangs. It's not the billions. Yeah. It's the fact that he can... He's a sleuth. He's a detective. Figure shit out. These are the Why? anything's you can do, I can do better. Because you know do- what? Yeah, you can kill a monster with a sword, but if you know how to rig something to fall on him and kill him, he's still dead. Knowing what somebody's going to do, setting that note card in the middle of the table with the contingency spell written down, because I just showed you this combo last game session. And he literally fell for it when you're like, you're going to use this. Well, and mages are really good at this, too, because yeah, if, you they know, really are. if you know Wizards how your spells work and how to and work them together, and then to make those knowledge checks to make the scrolls, like you can sling spells all you want, but making artifacts and scrolls and things like that, you can use those in clever ways that will give you oh, an edge over anything. Absolutely. Well, yeah, like at the beginning of any fight where you're fighting a new monster... If you are a newer group, you might not think to do it. But if you're a more experienced group, or at least have that experienced player, what's the first thing that they're going to do if they see a new monster on the field? Hey, GM. What do I need to roll to know what that monster does? Can I get a knowledge check? Mm -hmm. Yep. If you you got knowledge arcana, so they're not, you know, flinging fireballs at a fucking, you know, red slot. Yeah, well, one of the fun things that I've always liked is with newer groups and everything to teach the idea of knowledge is good is to have a cube, that ooze cube, mm-hmm. and let every meathead run at him. Yeah. You're going to lose yeah. your stuff. Yeah, you are. Or you have that stupid rust monster. <laughs> Almost nobody liked that rust monster, but Corrosion. as soon as you swing at him and your sword that you thought was amazing is now gone because he ate it, like, these are things that you're like, should have known what you were dealing with. I had a I had a group of uh, friends and threw a rust monster at them to teach them how to learn things. And they went and they hit the monster. They never damaged the rust monster. No. They swung. It ate like three of their swords. The first person decides to pull a skill check isn't somebody, well, what's the hell he's doing? No, it was the ranger. I want to roll handle animal. <laughs> yes. They had a pet rust monster by the end of the session. Yes. It was great. It but was like, amazing. That that knowledge is what gets you around some things that normally because people can get into a rut. All these different classes. Here's the thing with these classes. These classes work their way through what they do best, and they can form a deep rut into doing that. And every tank thinks they can take a hit. Every DPS thinks they can stab it. You're gonna get into that rut. But if you have the knowledge skills. There's going to be things that you can't take the hit of, you can't heal out of, and you can't fucking stab to death. Like, 
If it regenerates, I don't care how much your backstab is. There's some things that you backstab them, it won't kill it. Hit it with the torch. Yeah. What? Light it on fire. Hit it with the torch. Light it on fire so we can kill the healing ability first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stupid stuff. This shit. It's like the difference between making a cake and eating a cake. It's Everyone what can brings eat a us, cake. It's what brings us into the hobby is knowing knowledge is power. Well, congratulations. Knowledge checks is a non-combat role. Yeah, it is. And this is a very is, powerful one. This is where, again, I think this is the rules lawyers, the the high, the nerds of the nerd group. Yeah. This is where they shine. The next thing, the next category for our non-combat roles is skill monkeys. And this is where we get into your uh, drive checks and yeah. the disabled devices and the... Every rogue is good for stabbing, but you want a real good rogue that will make sure when you open the door, it doesn't blow you up. Or they at least have a uh, good enough dodge where they get into that dodge skill of, oh, even if I fail, <laughs> I still only take ha- like half damage, and when or I succeed, I take quarter. You know. Freaking sleight of hand. Oh, I love Freaking sleight of hand. You, most people like pickpocket. You can frame people with that. You can get out of all kinds of things with that. My, you can put things in there. <laughs> the current the current character that I want to play the most. The bear trap in the sailor's pocket. We, yeah. We've we've <laughs> talked about that I want to build a gambit build. The character I want to play the most right now is a human ninja. No. They eventually, I think it's level 10 or whatever, get an exploding shuriken. That's good enough for I don't need the magic to make a gambit. Yeah. But a proper or well done rogue. I'm gonna slide a hand the 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 letter off the desk of the evil mayor and mm-hmm. slide a hand it into the uh head of the guards. <laughs> Ooh one of the skills that was kinda crazy that almost never got used, but we had a player that used it amazingly and ended up being richer than shit because of it, was forgery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still around in 5 or 4.0. It was in 3.5. It was like off in the distance. Nobody ever used it. But he ended up Maybe. getting deeds to houses, being able to false loans that people then would collect on. False, you know, He'd falsify documents for mm-hmm. his own identity. Like This dude made his way around there. And at the end of it, we'd be like, we got 20 gold from this random encounter. You come back out and be like, this town's mine now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what did you do? Just forgery. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the, you, you mentioned sleight of hand and pickpocket. You ever play a pickpocket build on, um, like the Fallout games, Fallout 3 and above? Yes. I'm going to yeah, pickpocket. Have a grenade. Have a grenade. <laughs> you need a grenade. <laughs> I am Santa Claus. The worst of I the mean, Santa Clauses. <laughs> I mean, of all games where you are going to pick up everything that is not nailed down or physically immovable Fallout. of the game. No. Even worse than that, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Oh, made by the same people, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Make a pickpocket in that game. Okay, random story. My husband... Pickpocket the bucket on top of their head? Yes. (laughs) My husband got mad that he couldn't go into a building in a certain town. Right? Because Mm -hmm. his his lockpick wasn't high enough. Okay. And then whenever he would lockpick it, he'd take the time and a guard would find him. He eventually went out, ground out levels to the point that he was virtually invisible 
get to any building because he just wanted to see what was inside this building. By the time he got done with it, he had robbed legendary weapons off of bosses and bullcrap like that. What was the one before <laughs> Skyrim? Uh, Oblivion. Oblivion. Uh, yeah. Oblivion was the one that if you got your enchanting high enough, you could build a chameleon suit that had you 100% invisible. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I love Oblivion because Oblivion Oblivion did the thing that I wish that we could do in tabletop. The more you use something, the better you became at it. Yeah. That's actually how it works in the Call of Cthulhu role-playing Is game. it? Yeah. yeah. Have you used something? Okay. Well, I, so, my experience was I just died. Oh. <laughs> or started Well, that's because you insane. tried to find fight things. You don't fight things in Cthulhu. You run away so yeah. that you can investigate you tell, more. Uh, insert name here. The next time that he runs it and he has the stupid yellow man come into the crew, that, that dude doesn't just find me, the, the, the yellow king, and just throttle me to death with insanity because that's all that happened. I played two games of that and I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm doing detective work. I'm doing all this. And then dead. And he's like, you're just going to have to roll up a new character. That happens sometimes. Uh, it does I love happen. him. Our, his arm broke and he deserved it for that. One of, one of our players did die because he literally, even in that game, wants to play the Daka Daka. So, you know, he, they ran into, like, this evil blood monster that, like, had tentacle blood arms, and mm -hmm. he had his head chopped off. While the, while the rest of everyone who, you know, had a head on their shoulders, hey. I give you a rim shot, but something hey. inside me died. <laughs> My arms, they ethically refused to give that bottle a rim shot. I don't know why. Though for some reason I could play a tuba right now. But anyways, continue with the story. Yeah, ran the fuck away. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, his character died. Because he knew his character was an aggro character in a sleuthing game. Yeah. He accepted this fact. <laughs> and thus for <Ford> accepted. <laughs> yes. But, um... Like, this is where uh, you're trying... Your moral victory is how many times... How many sessions did it take before I died? <laughs> I want to play, I wanna play yeah. a character who in that game who pretends he's the reincarnation of the previous characters, and he just dies continuously and slowly builds up nightmares can't sleep at night because of all the other deaths that he's had on him. can do that. <laughs> yes. But no, but I mean, that's the thing, is that uh, skill checks. Skill monkeys. This is... To me, this is what happens when the immature DPS matures. Mm -hmm. They, uh... They want to go and do and have some fun, and their first their first response is go and do the thing. Yeah, the skill monkeys is how you go and do the thing. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing that here's the reason you want a skill monkey. And this is coming from a DM standpoint. I would love to put so much more into my games, but if all I have is a bunch of meatheads, I know that this trapped room would kill them. They have no skills for that. None of them prepared for that. So part of my world is not going to be as well fleshed out because they don't have the skills to deal with any of this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you have a skill monkey, I can be like, cool, y'all are in a labyrinth now. Find your way out. And heaven forbid your skill monkey dies. 
because that barbarian over there can hit real hard, but spiked walls don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Something else that another thing that locks a chunk of the world, game world off, a face character. What? You got a face. You got a social uh, butterfly. You got a face. You got, you got what your husband loves to play. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got someone in the front of the party, and it unlocks, no matter what. It and unlocks an entire different side of the game. Yeah. It I'm so used to playing VTM where everyone has to be a face character. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get burnt out on too many faces. Yeah, that's true. We well, have a guy, and I'm, I'm thankful for this guy. I'm sorry. I was going to say, of anyone that loves playing a face no matter what it is, it's my husband. If the uh, he played in a D and D game where he was playing a warlock noble, mm-hmm. who okay he could throw spell. He wasn't there for the damage. He was there for being the socialite. He got people into places. He like dove into the underbelly of that all is the so world. So opposite of him in real life. <laughs> But well, that's, that's half the point yeah. of role playing. That's yeah. why, because you can be something you can't be in he's real life. Awkward in real life. He is six foot two, bald and bearded man who isn't going to be like that suave, charming, yeah. tall, skinny guy. And he doesn't have the skills in real life to pull off what he wants to do. So it is his fantasy. Yeah. And that makes and sense. And he even does it. Like, right now, he's playing a... Whatever the snake person is in D&D. Yanti. Yanti. Yes. Pure-blood Yanti. As a rogue. He is not pleasant to look at, but he can be charming and manipulative, and he loves doing it. He isn't the skill monkey. He's the creepy face. Well, and, and another thing that's interesting when we talk about faces and stuff like that is uh, VTM is just a game of face for the most part. It really a lot it of it evolved is. into it. Yeah, it, it wasn't initially, but it was. It but, was the socialite game. Yeah, but it's and as long as before we continue too far, the face is where the theater kids of the nerd group. Being, yes. Yes. My, okay. Yeah. Just so please don't VTM start singing the, musicals in the uh, VTM is game. the theater nerd kids game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it was interesting because uh, my husband always plays face characters. It's always what he's done. He's always played them. Always played that. He tried to play a D and D game that I ran. It worked good. He was a warlock noble, all this stuff. It worked good until they stepped foot in a dungeon. And none of the things he could do in there were face-related. He was stuck not knowing what to do. He still I mean, have a spell list. Well, this he does, but he's, he's not used to not being able to talk his way out of things. But I can't talk to the bugbear. Exactly. I'm, well, the bugbear doesn't care what you say because it doesn't know your language. I'm sorry. And he never but... talked to his food in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my jackass Mama. monster controller characters come in. No. Yeah, handle animal and nature's ally. It's a bugbear. 
I can, a mount. <laughs> I can do nature's ally and then do a handle animal check, and it's good enough that he thinks I'm friendly. Okay, show us where you live. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. But no, face characters, one of the big things that you can add with face characters is political intrigue. It really can. You I can mean, this is where you get the yeah. Uncle Bazaar who's trying to kill the child oh, yeah. prince. This is, all of this is unlocked. All of this is eligible but uh, we have to go to the royal banquet because there's an assassin there how are we going to blend in face character you know i had an idea and i lost it mm-hmm. you were attacked uh, by a cute kid and it happens to the best I, of us yeah i have been my attacked been by attacking a cute kid attacking my legs halfway through this no, I was trying to compare one class to another, and I was going to ask you, which do you think makes the better face? A bard or a... And I lost with the other one that I was trying to think Charisma of. Charisma Warlock? Probably, like Warlock or Rogue, because they both also a shit ton of skills into Charisma. I, really, and it's... The face isn't just... Class class. It's, it's, it's how you approach things. It's well, this, Okay, even with Shadowrun, what does the face do? I'm gonna make you better. Yeah, negotiates with uh, Mr. Johnson and then, oh, hey, Balthazar's I wanna aid another. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you aided on that. Yeah, you helped us out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when it comes to classes are usually to be completely frank, classes are usually tied to the way that you approach a problem. Mm-hmm. For instance, DPS people are very aggressive. Fix the problem when it comes up, I'm going to fix it. We've talked about it a lot, but I think classes could almost be tied to your color choices in Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is weird because red. I'm not a huge fan of the red deck, but I'm a very much a red player. <laughs> I actually play more green than anything else. I play a lot of green, but that's mostly just because I love the elves in that game. Mm-hmm. Red, and if I had to choose a second color, it'd be black. Yeah. Oh, man. I put together a green-white deck that only works on the the emulated net deck uh, neck things because it's nothing but money cards. But, oh, my God. All the token doublings, all the... Uh, mm-hmm. Plus one doublings. In. Oh, yeah, but that's what Green White does. It was great. It's not just what it is. It's one of the What things. it does well. <laughs> yeah. Green White Elf that just multiplied everything. And, oh, a commander deck that just happens to be built that I get out the the card the that I'm limited one card of. Yeah. And because it's got a card that makes a token of the card you just played out, and then another card that doubles the tokens... I'm only limited to one copy of this monster in the deck, but I've got 16 of them on the table. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, classes... Green, white is cancer. I play cancer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am going to stick by my statement that mono blue is cancer. <laughs> I will say this. In the world I went of Magic the biological sense. Yeah. In the world of Magic the Gathering, infect is cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and green does that better than anything else. Oh, uh, is is that the one where you get an infect counter and ten of them you're dead? Yeah. Oh, there's a black dragon that hits for four. four. Yeah. Yeah. I got the one that turns all my slivers into infect slivers. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, from this game's going to be hard to win too. Damn it. 
I love slivers. Yeah, they're slowly coming back. The new set has a couple slivers. I know. I need to buy two money cards to replace some tokens in that thing. And one of them has gone down. It's no longer an $80 card, so... You need to come up to the shop on Sunday in the morning. Yes, you do. Why? Because me, her, Justin, we play EDH. Yes. On Sundays? Uh Mm Uh-huh. I'll see what I can do. I mean, it's not like you have church. This is true. You can build the deck for less than we'll $25. We'll talk about this off the air, guys. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're just going to talk about ourselves now. I hope you enjoy uh, that. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off while we talk. Out, but uh, <laughs> oh, No, no, shirt stays off. It's <laughs> okay. It's an audio medium. We won't lose subscribers for your pale flesh. Uh, now to describe my flesh. nipples. <laughs> Why are they the size of half dollars? <laughs> because it's more money, bitch. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but no, classes classes are usually indicative. Classes are usually indicative of the way that you handle problems. Healers are usually more empathetic. They want to help people get through the problems. A lot of people that play tanks, you know, it's a way that people would solve problems in real life. They they're not get aggressively, but they're the kind of person that's a stalwart in the middle of all the storm. The person you can rely on, person you can depend on, who will weather the storm. DPS are usually want to problem solvers. Melter. Yeah, I problem move, solvers. I remove the problem. Yeah, from the yes. board. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will aggressively get rid of this issue. They're the kind Whether of people you that you can't complain to because they don't come up with a. They don't. They're not a. They don't empathize. It's unfortunate. They're like, well, why don't you try this? Yeah, we can they solve come it. Up with a solution. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have a problem. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm the more empathetic, I'm, so I end up being... I'm a fixer. Yeah. yeah. I fix these things. I'm empath- I've always played here because I'm empathetic, despite what this podcast makes me sound like. <laughs> but I'm the kind of person you come in, I'm like, have a seat. Here, I'll make you some food. Let's talk about it. Let me hear what's going on. Okay, what's I've- wrong? Have we thought about doing this? Then what do you call someone who plays all the roles? Schizophrenic. Nerd. <laughs> uh, undecided. Game master. The, the guy that comes to the table and just goes, what do you need? The guy with a power complex. Game master. The megalomaniac. Yes. Uh, this actually does bring up the last of the non-combat roles. And this is where we're going to end the show on this before. I mean, we'll talk, we'll talk our way out. But this is the last thing on our note list. And this is the leader. This is the DM. This is the guy who, when you fall into the game of Diablo online, mm-hmm. is the one who's, does everybody have a mic? Everybody have a mic? We're ready to talk? Okay, we're going to plan this through. This is what we're going to do. And you need to do this, and you need to do this, and don't you dare Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, it's like an Overwatch. They actually have and it for you. I Leroy <laughs> Jenkins anyway because I'm on a PC and, I've, and I have a... Uh, Mute button, so you don't have to hear the consequences. I have a witch doctor that already has an army of things and just goes off killing things. Well, well, or you can even like an Overwatch. Another thing Overwatch did is that they had it to where they hated the toxic environment, but they had it where you could actually give awards to different players at the end of the match. One of them is Shock Collar. Mm-hmm. You can get the award of Shock Collar because it's that one dude on the mic that's like, okay, everybody. Don't go running into this mess. They've got a bastion. They're just mowing you down. I need you three to follow me. We're going to go around from the back. We're going to take him out. And then y'all come in from the front. The guy that's orchestrating the whole thing. 
we, we have this problem. We need to split push. We need to strategy. Yeah, nine times out of ten, it's the guy who can handle either strategy or logistics. Mm-hmm. And they're not the same thing. No, no, they're not. No, and and that's the other thing is that there's even roles for that and, in life. And well, in life, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, you also mm-hmm. notice even if you take the GM out of the equation, you will find a player in almost every play group that starts tying it together. It starts being the one that drags the other players like, guys, we need to X. We need to do this. Yep. When you get a player like that, the story takes off and runs because it has focus. And it happens, like I commented, it happens in real life. Not oh. you, <laughs> No, it happens all the damn time. Uh, to the how, right person. I uh, don't know how many times I've drugged people along even though I'm like, I don't want to do this. But you need to do this more than I do. We're doing. Listen, this. I'm thankful yep. you Come took here. me. I'm thankful you took me to a, a derby. But I really liked that car, and it sounded like a fun idea. But we didn't make our money back, and now I'm out of car. That was your idea. But seriously, <laughs> okay, we're gonna have a D and D night. Oh, D and D night is over at eleven because everybody needs to go home and go to bed. But I'm going to stay up. But I'm going to stay up and talk to my good friend till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we should turn this into something that we do in front of microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, we're standing in the parking lot an hour and a half after we actually clocked out, and we always say we can't wait to get away from this place. Mm -hmm. We got Hmm. five feet. So. Sounds like sounds like a we cast stay a while and listen again. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations, folks! Now you know the real story ah, behind. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so, someone had the bright idea. It's like we're just shooting shit. Why don't we put a microphone? Ah. <laughs> but you know, in in high school, I was a big uh, I was a J Rots nerd, junior ROTC, cadet command and staff school. This is the last summer leadership school. All right, folks, we got one position. The person's going to take home honor cadet. Everybody else, you just want to graduate, but it's honor graduate, distinguished graduate, and graduate. All right, friends, we're just going to get over this hurdle. We're going to make it through this thing. We're going to go through this. We're going to do this. And it became, you have the sewing kit. He's got the ironing board. He lost a button. You can uh, you can fix his pants. We can come together as a group. We're gonna we we're all aiming for that DG done graduated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end of the mu- end of this week and a half of stupid school or stupid fun thing, here you go. Everybody, everyone who said we just want a done graduated. Got the DG, except for the guy who organized it, got the HG. Yeah. And then turn around and a couple more years later, different stupid class, different stupid environment. We all got to get past this thing. Top graduate's going to win an award. Nobody cares about the award now, trust me. But if we all get together and organize as a group and work together and study together and do this thing together... The guy who asked the group to organize walks out with the damn award again. Mm-hmm. 
happens three more times in my life. Whether I like to admit it or not, I'm a leader. I organize a stupid podcast. <laughs> I organize the group of people that go rolling out the house on Halloween to chase people down with baseball bats. You know, if that story isn't listened to beforehand, this is going to seem like a very weird admission by you. <laughs> it was last week's episode. It should be listened to before this week's episode. Someone won't. Meh. And there's going to be someone like, did they kill trick-or-treaters? <laughs> what monsters are these? <laughs> Now, I, I will admit that that's the thing. And coming from the idea, I'm not a leader. I've never been. It's not a bad thing. It's I never just not my personality. To be one. I will step up into the role if it requires me to do so. I find nothing wrong with it. But I prefer just being a fixer. I like making people happy. That's an alarm. That doesn't alarm. make people happy. I've never wanted to be a leader, but I keep finding myself in leadership positions. Yeah. Against my will. <laughs> yes. Just saying, generally, if you have a stronger personality type, if you find that people kind of look up to you for whatever reason it is, you have something enigmatic about you that just makes it so, so you kind of fall into it sometimes. I have a lack of patience so that by the end of it, oh, we've got this problem. We've got this problem. How do we fix this problem? We need to figure out how to fix this problem. This fixes the problem. Yep. Move on with our lives. Mm. And for some reason, that's Answer the core. People. That's the core of my leadership right there. We got this problem. Nope. Fixed it. Move on. <laughs> also, creative problem solving will often follow you into a leadership role just because, well, they just keep having ideas. I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> What's your idea? Set it on fire. Okay. You can't lead. Oh, my, uh... It's like, why do you have 105 ideas? Because one of them might work. My you English don't know teacher, this. My English teacher in high school, we, we had an overstuffed class. You know, this is West Texas, and there were close to 45 people. Our, our education's not the best. There were like 45 people in first period A1, A1 English. It was like 45 people due to a cleric error. Right? I mean, to be honest, yeah, so it only got annoying after they started using cattle prods to get us out of the room. Second semester, knowing that overcrowding was a problem, and this is senior English, a vast majority of the people, ah, we can change our schedule. I'm not going to take that English class because there's way too damn many people. Problem overcorrected. Yeah, crowding S in other places. Second semester, there were six of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the teacher said, well, I could cancel this class or because no, actually be educated <laughs> or because you guys are some of my brightest students and it's six of you. We can actually have I'll work with you. And when I get you guys started on a project, I can go and use this as a half of a free period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and teacher, I know I figured it out, Miss Coffee. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, you uh, didn't say it like that. You might have scared her. <laughs> there are a few years things later. Years later, frighten. I figured it out. Yeah. But high school teachers, trust me. We were we were discussing Lord of the Flies. Mm -hmm. Wonderful book. Oh, absolutely. I read that in like fifth grade. Seriously, that's high school material now? Well, I mean, 
It gets no, shuffled around. It it, it bounces because okay. I read it like four times over my school it, career. It's, it's the but same it's, as Mary Shelley's different. Frankenstein or the Scarlet Letter. Okay, you're I picking hate the Scarlet Letter, but you're picking up different things every time you read. This it. is very true. And you first, know, first read. Don't be piggy. With <laughs> yeah, with, with this class. She commented, hey, whenever this one character re- says something or is doing something in the book, pay attention. The little kid with glasses. Yeah, or, yeah whatever. I don't care. I haven't read yeah. the book since high school. <laughs> he dies. It's not I know he right dies. <laughs> I know he dies. He, he loses when, the whenever, first. Yeah. But the, the other kid, the kid that was empathetic to Piggy. Yeah, the opposing leader. Yeah. yeah. Whenever he speaks up, pay attention. say conk boy. And and then the yeah. teacher says, and whenever Brian speaks up, pay attention. Fuck. This is not what <laughs> I wanted. This is not what I wanted. No. Yeah, at least you didn't have this. The newspaper, the head of newspaper, for whatever reason, I was just like, I have this many extra periods. What am I going to shove in there for my senior year? So I'm like, Newspaper. Why not? I'm a senior. It's kind of a blow-off class at this point, but I'm still going to do my best at it. At the end of the year or semester, whatever it was of newspaper, the English teacher literally looked at me and, not jokingly, told me, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. Kind of like your supervisors that got mad at you for doing 200% efficiency yeah yeah which i'm finally getting recognition for like yeah you know going in for your uh annual review and they're like look at all the things you did yeah i know i wrote them down because who else is going to wow sorry matt i don't work with you professionally i can't blow smoke up your ass i don't know it's okay but he knows all the damn routes you could probably drive you anywhere the hell you wanted to go in Texas, damn near blindfolded. I mean, I'd get there. I don't know what the <laughs> shape of anything would be. I could get there blindfolded. I know that. What kind of cars are you driving? Slap a cow guard on top of it. Oh, don't worry. We got Jeeps. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll just put in the soundtrack to Mr. Magoo's opening and then I'll just go that way. And <sighs> That's going to be lost on so many people. If only we had so many people to get lost on. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think we have 20-some-odd listeners, 30-some-odd listeners. It will happen. We're getting there. We'll hit that century marks. Things will take off. I, it's going to take off in a century? Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I was in on this because I enjoyed it, but I'm going to be dead. I don't live a healthy life. What is wrong with you? You are I'm doing a high-risk this lifestyle. As, I, I, that's true. I'm not going to be a jar in a head. I can't do any of the things I want as a jar in a head. I mean, I have a jar. jar You can always just be like Nixon. You know, nobody can be elected two terms, more than two terms. Well, I've got a shiny new body. (laughs) (laughs) Headless Spiro Agnew. (laughs) Uh, No, but there are there are going to be naturally born leaders, and as much as we can say about that, there's also a downside to that. Arrogant assholes. Arrogant assholes. I'm not a natural born leader, but I could see the Dunning Kruger effect walking in the door with his shoelaces untied, thinking he knows what's going on. 
my shoes are tied. Yeah, they're Velcro. That's why we have no, them. No, they're not. <laughs> you just deny it, but it's yeah, okay. Just, just we drew laces just, on them for you. He just you. double knots them, puts a dot of super glue on it, and then just wears them as slip, slip-ons. Uh, that only, they always look like they're tied. That only doesn't work if he puts them on the wrong feet, though. Uh, That's why we put a red dot on one and a blue dot on the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Then he he figures out that he's colorblind. That's still, yeah, that would explain. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, Uh I'm a nerd. I learned how to tie them so they don't come untied. That's that's called tying them. No, there's there are three good knots that you can do, and one of them is really cool, and I have a lot of fun showing it, and it's terrible for an audio medium. Oh crap! So my I'm face not is melting. Crap! Not again. <laughs> <laughs> See the fisherman's knot. Often I learned this on Port Arthur. <laughs> you can do your shoes like that, but you need a whalebone. No. Brian, no. Brian, no. what are you doing? Stop. What are you no. doing? We're near the end of the episode, and my brain's fried, so this is what you get. It'll be edited out, I know, but I mean, I don't care. I'm going no, to I die and not your, be able to breathe I again. I that in, and I'm going to take off something Why? else. Why would you do that? Oh, because it's, it's quality a, audio. Because it's entertaining. Oh my goodness, y'all don't know what quality audio is. <laughs> Holy crap. This, this just proves that we're a bunch of monkeys at microphones. Let's be honest for a second here. But I don't have a tail. Well, you don't now. Did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? That's why you don't grow when the moon's up. (laughs) (laughs) If a cloud comes in here right now, there's more electronics and this will be a horror show. If this cloud races the hell in here, never do that. Uh, Thank God for solid state. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a solid state, but oh my God. No, but I mean, that's the thing, is that you always run into the problem, also you have the Dunning-Kruger asshole that wanders himself in and says he knows how to solve a problem, but he doesn't. Uh, there's nothing worse. The sad truth is, back to the whole, I had leadership thrown upon me in many cases. You had a lot of things thrown upon you. Absolutely. It was kinky. It was. <laughs> Listen, but- I don't need to see the scars. <laughs> As much as I complain that I don't want to be a leader and leadership is thrust upon me, this is part of what makes me a good leader. Whether it makes a bad leader is the people that want to lead. Yeah, no, there, there's a phenomenon yeah. about people that believe themselves to be a leader and don't, and that try to take possession of every situation. And in doing so, they don't pay for the responsibilities of it failing. They move on. The good leaders are the ones that realize that they're in a situation that if it fails, they're fucked. And so <laughs> yep. they do it right. <laughs> it's, yep. it's, it's, it's the opposite of the... Uh, Learned helplessness phenomenon in psychology. Do you know what that is? I, I do, but learned many are a leader. Learned helplessness. Not. An example of it, and wow, now I'm going to sound like a horrible person. I hope none of y'all are in part of PETA. But what it is, you have a dog in a box that has the floor of the box is electric, right? Okay. And you'll shock it every now and then. The dog tries to jump out, tries to jump out, tries to get out, can't get out. Inevitably, it will come to terms with the idea that the, bo- the box is just going to shock it. And it never tries to get after a while. That learned helplessness is the fact that under pressure, given repeated times, you give up. That's how you get into a rut. That's how you get stuck in a job that you're never going anywhere in. It's learned helplessness. A good leader is the person that is the opposite of that. It means that they know that if they don't succeed, it is uncomebackable from it. They will not come back from it. They can't just walk away. So they can't just keep making the same mistakes over and over. 
So they're inside that box and they're like, if I don't find a way out in about 30 seconds, I'm going to die of electrocution. And that's when the thing gets into gear and says, this is how we learn to solve this box problem. By not dying. <laughs> by finding a box cutter. Well, I mean, and I gave the dog a box cutter. It didn't really help. But, I mean, it gave it hope. It was a new thing in the box. Every time you, you introduce a new item into the box, I started just throwing random items into the box. I think it confused the dog. The electric chops didn't help. But it was fun to see the chicken, the, the rubber chicken melt to the bottom. And he liked it. Never introduce hope, hope to a learned helplessness situation. It only yo-yos the poor dog. <laughs> and some other psychological thing is the, the destructive power of hope. But, you know, I don't have to go into that one. And just for oh. you knowing, the dog is fine and he's asleep. He's been sleeping for two days and he's perfectly fine. And we're recording this <laughs> on Super Tuesday. Smell. It is starting to smell. And I blame him. If he was smart, he would have taken a bath by now. I mean, he has to get out of the box, but... That's your problem. And you're not helping. Well, maybe well, if you learned a lesson from my dog, you could find your way into fixing that. Well, folks, you've heard it from Matt. If your life isn't going the way you want it to and you're stuck in a box, it's your damn fault <laughs> for not figuring out how to get out of the box. And the reason that you haven't figured out how to get out of the box is if because you someone, aren't listening to enough of this show. It's because yeah, someone is not that. electrocuting you hard enough. <laughs> I'll stop electrocuting you if you listen to the show and let you out of the box. <laughs> so, now that we've got you all boxed into a corner thinking about your roles and... Uh, you have till next week to get out. This <laughs> <laughs> is the worst escape room ever. Next week, we're going like to start talking about... Uh, we're, we're going to continue this conversation as it drifts into uh, multiplayer Madness. games. And party roles and party cohesion. We're going to talk about what you want in a group game. Oh, okay? so we're talking about the mechanics of a good build for a group game? No, like the, what kind of people, people? What kind of people you want in a group game? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you know, what do you look for in the people you play games online with? What drives you away from a toxic community? They know how to stay in the damn box. That's exactly. They don't, what, they don't stand in fire. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want my group then. So they're in a got, box. You you got a week to talk, think this over, come come to it with the table. Until next week, we're going to leave you with uh, Kevin McLeod's wonderful music, uh, Dark Sea Land, and uh, Faster Does It. I don't even know Arr. anymore. <laughs> and Competech dot com and electrocuted dogs. We we should have the people the people that are listening to this if they ever get interactive enough. Um, could y'all name that dog? Because we we named last last night's uh, not last night, last week's hook of Miss, uh, Mrs. Puckman. <laughs> Say good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>